in your Bibles tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 22. 2 Samuel chapter number 22. An interesting portion of scripture because when we come to 2 Samuel 22, it's almost exactly what we find in the book of Psalms, Psalm number 18. Psalm 18. And uh, we'll look at this and consider it. The Bible gives us instruction that part of the work of the New Testament church is the reading of God's word. And I make no apology for reading the Bible from the pulpit. I actually enjoy it. I think it's wonderful. And uh, God's word should be read. And so I'm going to preach from about seven of these verses. But I want to read this chapter of scripture to you. It'll take us a few minutes, but it'll be well worth it. The most valuable words that will be said tonight are the ones I read to you from God's word. And uh, mine will take second place at best, probably less than that. Let's read together 2 Samuel chapter 22. The Bible says, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, In the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies, and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly and he was seen upon the wings of the wind and he made darkness, pavilions around about him. Dark waters, thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The fountains of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. And have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. And with the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward, thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people, thou wilt save. But thine eyes are upon the haughty. 
that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power. And he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. And setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war. So that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me. So that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them. And turned not again until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them. That they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Then that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies. That I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord. But he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the, mire, as the mire of the street and did spread them abroad. Thou also hast delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen. A people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is the tower of salvation for his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, unto David and to his seed forevermore. And we read this passage of scripture, and we come to this, really it's a psalm right here in the midst of 2 Samuel, and the bottom line is David's heart is full of praise to God. David has come through so much and been through so much and seen so many times that things could have gone the other way, but God has been his rock, his fortress, etc., etc., and he just gives praise to the Lord. He reminds us all that in his times of distress that he called upon the Lord. It's a simple thought, a basic premise of the Christian faith. And I want to encourage you to do something. When you find yourself in the distresses of life, make it your habit to call on the Lord. Make it your habit to retreat to the place where you can actually get help. Make it your habit to go where you need to go in order to get what you really need. God is our refuge. God is our hope. And tonight's message is simply called, I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord. Look at the Bible says in verse number 4. In verse number 4 of chapter 22, he says, I will call on the Lord 
who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. And David comes to a very bright conclusion nearing the end of his life. He says, I'm learning and I've learned that I will call upon the Lord. It seems so simple, but how often do we call on the Lord as a last result or as a last opportunity, a desperate moment, as opposed to calling on the Lord as our first line of defense? And David, he look back, looks back over his life, he says, I have called upon the Lord, I will call upon the Lord. He's worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. That verse before is a, a song that I've learned and sang since I was just a child. We sing the words of that song, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. And I'm so thankful this is part of the word of God. Let's look at the... Uh, a few things here as we continue in verse number 5. And David is going to just let us know that he has seen great difficulty in life and will continue to. As long as David lives on this earth, there's going to be troubles and problems to deal with. But he's made a resolve that when the troubles come, whether they're self-inflicted, on his, he's done it himself, or the troubles come and they're, or they're inflicted by the enemy, he's going to call on the Lord. He says this in verse number 5. When the waves of death come past me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. He says, when I've dealt with things that were uh, caused me to fear that I might even die, the fear of death, the waves of death, the burden and the concern that I might not survive, he says, when the waves of death compassed me. That word compassed is going to be used a few times here. Compassed. He's like, I've been encompassed with the fear of death. Now, I don't know that that's something that everybody deals with all the time but I do know that it's something that comes up quite often the fear of death what happens if I die often I think that we deal with the fear of death more in the fear of what if they die more than the fear of what if I die you deal with that and David says I've been dealing with that he says the waves of the fear of death the waves of death have compassed me he says I'm battling I have concern he says, the floods of ungodly men have made me afraid. Now, you may not deal with the waves of death compassing you, but I've got a feeling that you're going to deal with in your heart the idea and the concern that the floods of ungodly men have made you afraid. If you're not concerned about the floods of ungodly men, watch the news. Uh, I'm not telling you that's the best idea, but watch the news. And you watch the news, and the next thing you know is you realize that there are floods of ungodly men in places of authority that affect and making decisions that affect us and our families in a big way. You want to know something that's encouraging? This is not a new scenario. This is not something that just happened in the last four years, eight years, 16 years, however many four-year periods you want to put it into. This is not something new. David says, the floods of ungodly men have made me afraid. He has concerns about death. He has concerns about ungodly men. Verse number 6, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. The sorrows of hell. He, he's considering and concerned about the grievous nature of the things he's dealing with and actually also considering the future of the people who've rejected God, the sorrows of hell 
compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. He said, there's things I'd like to do, but I don't think I could make it. And verse 7, the Bible says, to confirm verse 4, he says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. He says, you know what? This multitude of griefs burdened my soul. But here's what I did. In verse number 4, he says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And in verse number 7, he says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to the God, cried to my God. And here's what he said about that. He said, When I cried to my God, he did hear my voice out of his temple. I'm so encouraged to know that God hears and answers the prayers of his children. I would never lose the wonder of the fact that me, the peon that I am, I have access to God through prayer. When I cry to the Lord, he hears my voice in his temple. The last phrase of verse 7, the Bible says, My cry did enter into his ears. I'm so thankful to know that God hears our prayers. I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord. David gives us reason to call upon the Lord because he gives us eight characteristics of the Lord in the very beginning of this passage of Scripture. Some things that I think we should take note of and pay attention to. David says, I will call upon the Lord. When I hear someone say, I'm going to call upon the Lord, I want to say, well, why? And David answers the question before he ever makes the statement. He says, I'm going to call upon the Lord because he's worthy to be praised. How is he worthy to be praised? And he says in verse number two, that's where we'll pick it up. David said, as he begins this psalm, he says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock, and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call upon the Lord. Let's consider these tonight. Number one, David said that the Lord was his rock. He said that he was my rock. I've written in my notes, the first point is my rock. I think it's important that we don't only acknowledge that God was David's rock, but God wants to be my rock. God wants to be your rock. And so David calls out, he says, God is my rock. Now you can watch this in many places throughout the scripture. When folks are trying to figure out how to describe God and when God is working in the hearts of people who are writing the errant inspired word of God, he encourages people to call him the rock. Moses writes and he calls God his rock. Hannah in the beginning of 1 Samuel, when she writes her and pours her heart out to the Lord, she refers to God as her rock. And here we see David many, many times throughout the Psalms calling out and writing down and acknowledging that Jesus Christ, God, is the rock. Not only is he the rock, he's my rock. And it's fascinating to think about the fact that the Lord is my rock. He says, I'm going to call upon the Lord because the Lord is my rock. Uh, I like the idea of a rock, and the rock is a foundation. It's a firm place. It's solid. It's certain. It's unmoving. It's strong. Something wonderful about big, giant rocks. They don't move. 
They're solid, they're certain, they're sure. Giant rocks, rocks. And the Bible says, look, the best way we can describe God in our thinking is he's a rock. How many of you have things in your life that are shifting, that change, that are uncertain? I want you to know something. You can call upon the Lord when things all around you seem to be changing. And the change is often more than you can stand. You can anchor your feet on the rock. David says, I'm going to call upon the Lord because he is my rock. Take comfort in knowing that God does not change. Take comfort in the fact that God and God's word is a solid foundation. God is my rock. He says, I will call upon the Lord because he is my rock. He is my rock. Number two, I will call upon the Lord because he is my fortress. Verse number two, he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. Now, I don't know what you see when you close your eyes and say the word fortress, but as a, a child, I remember going in fifth grade to Williamsburg, and I got to see some fortresses. And so I've got in my mind's eye a, a military fortress that would have been set up in the United States. And a fortress is a fortress is a fortress is a fortress. A fortress is a place that is intentionally set up where you can find refuge and you can find rest when the war and the battle is raging all around you. A fortress is a stronghold. It's a place where you can hide. It's a place where you can go. It's a place where you can be. David says, the Lord is my fortress. He's the place that I can go into. It's the, he's the one I can trust in when all is the battle is raging all around me. The Lord is my fortress. Can I encourage you to do something? When you get to the place in your life where you say, my lands, I just can't handle the onslaught of all the pressures that's coming my way. Go to the rock and go to the fortress, which is the Lord Jesus, and rest in him and trust him. He says, if you'll come to me, I will be your fortress. I'll be the place where you can rest place where you can go to, a place where you can hide, a fortified place where the enemy cannot harm you, attack you, or hurt you. David says, I'm going to call upon the Lord because he is my fortress. He is my fortress. He's my rock. He's my fortress. It continues. And my deliverer. And my deliverer. David said, oh, so many times. Now, you've got to remember David's writing this, thinking about all the many times through the years while he's been running from Saul, while he's been fighting his enemies. All these many years, he's been at war and in hiding and needing help and in desperate situations. He says, the Lord is my deliverer. He's my deliverer. The Lord is the one who will bring you through. He's the one who will bring you out of. I've seen military movies through the years and the storyline goes like this. The good guys are pinned down under enemy fire and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the jets come and blast the enemy and the helicopters drop in just in the nick of time and bring the good guys out. And I don't know about you, but I watched the movie, and I know it's not real at that moment, but I watched the movie, and when the deliverer comes, I'm like, Whew. And David said, you know, God is our deliverer. 
God is our deliverer. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my short Christian life that the Lord has showed up right on time. He's my deliverer. There's been many times in my Christian life where God has been there exactly when I needed him. He's my deliverer. And David said that day in his mind, I can't, you know he's got to be thinking about so many different stories and moments in his life and we couldn't even begin to discuss them all, but when he says the Lord is my deliverer, he says I'm going to call upon the Lord, he's my deliverer. You know he's thinking about a moment like the day that he went down to the brook Cherith and picked up five smooth stones and walked out on a battlefield as a young man and fought a giant more than twice his size. The Lord is my deliverer. You know that he can't help but be thinking about the day that he's backed up in the cave and Saul and all of his men and his armies are out to get him and God moves Saul into the very cave where David and his men are hiding and he has the opportunity to make his point and ultimately be delivered from the grasp of Saul. The Lord is my deliverer. David testifies that he is my deliverer. And you know what's exciting? You find yourself in a spot between a rock and a hard place, struggling to catch a breath. I want to remind you of something. The Lord is my deliverer. David wrote something that I think is pretty important. In Psalm 23, he says that the Lord led him through the valley of the shadow of death. Not just to it, but through it. He says, the Lord's my deliverer. If you need delivering, if you need saving, the Lord's my deliverer. He says, he's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. Verse number three, the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield. He keeps talking about it. He says, you know, not only is he... The things I've already mentioned. He says, the Lord is my shield. I think it's interesting to think about the, the function of a shield. The function of the shield. The shield is what goes with me into battle. I want you to know something. You cannot live this life nestled down in a fortress. We're going to have to go to battle. And there's often times where battle is absolutely necessary. Fighting the good fight. Dealing with the trouble and turmoil that comes up in life. And David says, the Lord is my shield. He said, not only is the Lord my fortress, but the Lord's my shield. I carry him with me. And as I'm fighting the foe, my Lord, my shield goes with me into battle. He blocks the blows and the arrows of the enemy. He's my shield. I'll take comfort. And the fact that the Lord is my shield. Look at the next one, verse 3. The God of my rock and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. Now this one was one that took a second to kind of uncover and begin to understand. He says, the Lord is the horn of my salvation. Now the first thing I want you to think about is a horn. It's the horn off of an animal. And this horn is not just the horn off the animal, but it's the horn off the animal that's been turned into something to carry stuff in. I remember as a kid when I saw a powder horn, I thought, that is awesome. It was like a cow horn turned upside down and fixed to where you could put black powder in it for your black powder gun. Man, that's awesome. 
a powder horn. I wanted a powder horn. I don't think I ever got one, but I wanted one. It was the horn. The horn was actually something that had been turned into something to carry something in. And in the horn was a certain possession. You had the powder horn. You may have used a horn for, to carry water, to carry supplies. But the horn, the horn was what carried something. And the Bible says that God was the horn. David says the, that God is the horn of my salvation. He says, God, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my shield, that God is the horn of my salvation. He is the container in which all of my salvation comes from. I think it's sweet to think about the Lord as the horn of my salvation. If you look for salvation in anything else, you're looking for salvation in a place that doesn't exist. For some reason, I read the horn of salvation, start thinking about this. I think about the price is right. That's what you're thinking too, right? Bob Barker, come on down. Now, I think about a game they play where you have to pick the door. How many of you get to that moment in the game show and they, oh, man, this is nerve-wracking. Your blood pressure goes up just a little bit because, man, what if they pick the wrong door? You want to pick the door that has the new car. And I want you to know there are all kinds of options that the world sells as an, a place, a room, a spot, a container, something to get your hope from and get your salvation from. But the room that contains your salvation, the horn that contains your salvation is the one that says the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah God, Elohim. It says the God of the Bible. That's where our salvation comes from. He is the container. He is what our salvation is contained in. He's the horn of our salvation. Choose him, choose him, choose him. You'll not find it anywhere else. It's not up for guess. You don't have to try to figure out, is, hmm, is there salvation somewhere else? No. The Bible says there's no name under heaven where there is salvation except through the name which is our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah God is the horn of our salvation. Our salvation is contained in him. You don't have to go anywhere else. He's the horn of my salvation. Number six, the Bible says in verse number three, the God of my rock and him will I trust. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I love this one. My high tower. I like a high tower as long as it doesn't get too high. When it gets too high, I get a little bit wobbly in the knees. My sister's worse than I am. We went to a fire tower one time, and it was quite the experience, wasn't it, Brooke? It was a lot of fun. I've got a picture of that. It was great. She tried to smile for the picture, but it didn't work very good. My high tower. Why in the world would you go on top of a mountain and put a tower up really high in the sky? I'll tell you, there's one reason for that. It's a fire tower, and its intention was you put somebody in there so that they could watch and see if the woods caught on fire somewhere in the far distance, at distant area, and they could give warning when the fire was coming. There was towers built in uh prehistoric war because the tower gave perspective and you could get up high and you could see what's going on and the bible says that god is our high tower i'll just tell you something when you get in a life 
and you get into the muck and mire of life and you get into the routine of life and you get to battling down in the trenches, it's easy to lose perspective on what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what you're fighting for, what the reason to live is. But the Bible says that God is our high tower. Can I encourage you to do something? There needs to be faithful seasons where you get in God, your high tower, and you get in God's word, and you step away from the hustle and the bustle, and you spend time with God, God's word. It's one of the important reasons why we meet so regularly as a church. Because God's our high tower. If you get away from your high tower, the next thing you know, you're going in the wrong direction. You're fighting the wrong enemy. You're doing the wrong thing. David said, the thing that's kept me grounded, the thing that's kept me focused, the thing that's kept me right is the fact that God is my high tower. If I want to know and have the right perspective about life, I'm going to have to find it in God and in God's word. He says, God is my high tower. God's our place for proper perspective. If you want to have the right perspective and outlook on life, you find it in God and God's word. You'll be glad you did. The right philosophy for life is found in God's word. David said, God is my high tower. Verse number three, it continues. He says, he's my high tower and my refuge. My refuge. A refuge and a fortress looks a whole lot the same. The refuge is a place to run to. A refuge is a place where you can get the rest that you need. A refuge is a safe place. A refuge is a spot where you can get peace. A refuge. God is our refuge. I'm thankful for refuges. I remember as a college student. Coming home was a refuge to me. I loved college. I loved the things we were doing. But you get seasons where you're uh, taking on things and facing things you've never faced before. It was always so good to be able to get home. I had a refuge. I could find a refuge in my grandparents. When I came home, I I went straight to the lab. We had uh, Mom and Mike's business was right across from Food City. And it was exactly... Exactly 150 miles from my dorm to the lab. And I'm making a confession here. I had it figured out that if I could average 75 miles per hour, I got to the lab in exactly two hours. A lot of the times I was there a little bit quicker than two hours. And one time I got a speeding ticket. But I was anxious. I was having a great time in college, but I was anxious to get to my refuge. And I could go to the lab, and it's like, And I'd leave there, and I'd go see my papa Bice, and I'd walk in the shop, and I could go to Mama Bice's house, and across the field to Mutt's, and Mamaw's, and and up on the hill to Papa and Mama Dicks. And it was sweet. You know, most of them are gone now. And that's okay. My best refuge has never changed. The refuge that I really needed 
was always with me. And the refuge that you really yearn for and want, those refuges here are sweet and wonderful, and we should set them up for our families and our children. But I want you to know something. The refuge that we really need and ultimately need, we will find it always present in the Lord. And David said, lots of water's gone under the bridge, and lots of things have changed. But I want you to know something that's never changed. God is my rock, and not only is he my rock, but he's my refuge. And when everything else has crashed around me, I can still go to God who's my refuge. And when you learn to find refuge in God and his word, you've learned and experienced one of the greatest blessings that God gives his people. A spot where you can go and refuge in the Lord. A place to run, a place to hide. David said, God is my refuge. Oh, I pray that God is your refuge. If he's not, let me tell you something. You try him. You find a quiet place. You make a prayer closet. You take time in God's word. You get fed from God and his word. You go to God as a refuge. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find out he's going to help you. He says he's my refuge. And he concludes this passage of scripture. And says, and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. He says, the Lord is my Savior. He says, I'm going to get help from the Lord. The Lord is my Savior. He saves me from violence. Do you know what the devil wants to do? The devil wants you to resort to wickedness in your times of need. David said, I've tried that. It's not good. The devil wants you to resort to sinfulness in your time of need. David says, I've tried that. It's not good. He says, when I'm in need, when I'm burdened down, when I'm rich with cares, he says, I will call upon the Lord. Why? He's my Savior. He's my Savior. He's the one that saves me from all the mess. I will call upon the Lord. He says, I will call upon the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The song says it one more time. I will call upon the Lord. Let's pray.